Yeah, yeah absolutely. I just wanted to see your uh, pretty faces. Oh, uh, <laughs> you, you had me at hello. Um, <laughs> we, we have great faces for podcasts. Yes, my, my wife. My wife tells me on a regular basis I've got a great face for radio. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, cool. Okay. Well, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, uh, we've got special guests here today. We've got RJ Ronquillo. Uh, Hello. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's uh, what time is it here? It's six p.m. in Nashville. What time is it over there? It's uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow. No, no idea. <laughs> yes. You're in the future. I am yeah. talking to people in the future. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Friday looks bright. It's a sunny day. Okay. <laughs> good, good to know. Um, so, so if anyone didn't know, <clears throat> Arjun and I met at um, 42 Gear Street uh, in September earlier this year. And um, great pleasure meeting you and all the other guys there. And uh, I thought... Uh, and you've never met Alex before, he's here as well. Uh, and I thought it'd be interesting just to just to talk to you and chat to you about generally about your your musical background history, how you started, and if you have a you know, do you come from a musical family, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Yeah. That's that, that sounds fun to me. Okay. Well so so do you come from a musical family? Do you have Um it... Well, it's not like the Partridge family or anything, but <laughs> my my dad uh, is very musical. Okay. He actually, he was kind of like the, the catalyst, I guess, of all my musical endeavors. Um, he kind of played a lot of instruments uh, when I was growing up. So we had piano, drums, guitars. He played saxophone and sang. Okay. He still sings. He's like a big fan of karaoke now. And oh, cool. So um, he was probably the most musical, and he was—he wasn't a professional musician. He was a, a, a doctor by trade, but oh wow! There's some, but um, it's weird because I, I feel like Filipinos. I don't know if it's in the culture, ingrained in the culture, but there's like a musical bug that's kind of like underlying inside of the the musical inside of the Filipino culture. I know. Yeah. Yeah, right. A lot of I, I mean, sh I'm sure in Australia there's a ton of Filipino musicians. Yep. Mm. Um, and I just I feel like most Filipinos I know can at least sing or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, a lot of them play instruments, and a lot of them are just you know ho they're hobbyists, but they're still great. Sure. Yeah. So um, it was just kind of like. It was in my family. My uncles would come over and, and they would all jam and sing. It's crazy. Um, but he was he was the, the one that actually had all the instruments around. And I, I kind of picked up a little bit of everything. And I started with um, piano. My parents made me and my sister take piano lessons when we were really, really young. Okay. Which was probably a, a good idea just because... Um, I think right now, now that I'm adult, and uh, I think piano was a good starting instrument mm. just to kind of <clears throat> get, get the theory down and like yeah. know about harmony and melody and rhythms and all that stuff. Um, and from there, I, I picked up the drums for a little bit, and then I didn't really uh, decide on guitar until like um, man, nine years old, ten years old. Okay. So, so I picked up piano when I was six years old, played the drums when, around when I was eight, and then I switched to guitar around nine years old. Still pretty young. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in the 80s, in the MTV generation, I guess, and radio, it was just kind of, music was all around. Yeah. So um, I think it was probably also the, an appropriate time period of pop culture sure, to yeah, be cool. getting into music. Oh, cool. That's probably one thing I kind of <clears throat> wish I had gotten piano lessons. <clears throat> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really kicking myself. Uh, I, I, where I grew up in Austria, right? I'm originally from Austria. Literally across the road from me, I, I can, could see it from my house, from my living room. Um, there's a school that Beethoven started. <laughs> wow. Like actually started by Beethoven. And my parents always wanted me to go and um, for me to go and do piano lessons there. Yeah, really? <laughs> I and I maybe did one or so and I just really didn't like it. 
But in hindsight, man, I wish I would have gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shoot, I would love to have even seen this uh, facility or this building. Yeah, it it's, sounds cool. It's it's like an old, really old, yeah, oldie-looking building, like you, you could imagine. And there's a uh, half of it is a primary school, and uh, I actually went to that primary school, and the other half is a music school. But yeah, it's a it's a school that was actually started by Beethoven, who lived for a little while in my hometown. So yeah, that's crazy. That's <laughs> that's what I love about. Uh, about Europe is just the history of it. You know, you don't yeah. really get to see all these cool buildings and all these historical places anywhere but, you know, yeah. Europe, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here in Australia, we're, we're even younger than America, yeah. so <laughs> we've got yeah, nothing right. there. <laughs> yeah, we have historical buildings from the 70s. It's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's how I came across your channels, your um, tour blogs, vlogs, I mm. guess, uh, from um, your trips around Which Europe. Which one? Which was oh the European stuff? Yeah, with um I've forgotten her name. This soul singer. Yeah, Judith Hill. Judith Hill. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, they were great. I got yeah, that was a lot of fun. Boring. So so fast forward all that these two oh, yeah. vlogs and stuff. How did you get into what was the sort of the 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 catalyst behind starting uh, a YouTube channel and doing the tour vlogs? So well, the tour vlogs came way later, but um, I guess my history with YouTube. Uh, started like most people just kind of using YouTube as a place, a, a place to throw videos up yeah. or store videos. Mm. And for the longest time, my, my channel or my account really was <laughs> private. I didn't necessarily have a channel. I had an account. Yeah. And then uh, fast forward to about 2010. So I started my YouTube account in like 2006. Around 2010, 2011... Uh, I started putting up, gosh, I think it was just like me jamming or something. Yeah. And at the same time, um, I was in contact with Eastwood Guitars because there was a, a particular model which I wanted to get and I wanted to see if they would give me a, an artist discount or whatever. And I <laughs> had offered to do a um, uh, just a, vi a demo video. Because yeah. you know, I, I saw other people doing gear demo videos on online, um, so I did that one, and it kind of a couple months later they sent me another guitar just to demo that I sent back, and it was kind of a back and forth thing, and it kind of kept on going. You know, um, you know, every couple of months I would get a guitar from them or a shipment, and I would do videos and send them back. Okay. So it was. For the longest time, it was kind of just like something I did on the side. It wasn't serious because I was still touring. I was still gigging. So most of my time and energy was focused on just being a regular gigging musician. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, more and more as the, the years went by, I was still touring. But then I was getting more and more work uh, doing gear demos. Mm -hmm. um, and then the... I think the tour vlog thing happened was it was because I was touring a lot with the my previous uh, country gig that I have here in Nashville with a band called Thompson Square. Yeah. And I was out. I mean, I toured with them for five years, but I was out for most of the year. And since since I was traveling, I couldn't get to do any videos. I couldn't do, get to do any gear demos or whatever. So. Um, the only content that I could create was whatever I could do on the road. So I figured, hey, why don't I just ah, cool. show mm. what we do on the road? <clears throat> um, and I kind of did research on it. Like, I didn't see any videos really of life on the road as a Nashville musician. So instantly there was my my um, theme, my topic. So mm. the first uh, travel vlog I did was just kind of like a weekend on the road with a Nashville touring act. Like what it's like to be a Nashville touring musician. Um, and at the time, I was getting into vlogs in general. I was watching a lot of Casey Neistat and Pete McKinnon videos and and really getting into this, the whole uh, video and cinematography aspect of it. So it was more okay. of a challenge. I wanted to challenge myself uh, as, a, as a, a videographer to see if I could match these angles and these types of edits. Yeah, so cool. it's kind of like yep. more about really the video editing aspect more than actually, you know, vlogging and and 
you know, showing the music thing. I was more concerned about the, what the end product was going to be. Right. But it turned out to be really good, and it got a lot of views. Um, and then after that, I just kind of fell into more and more YouTube stuff. And the end of 2018 is when I stopped touring just yeah. to go full time with everything YouTube. So it's everything from gear demos to lesson videos to um, what else? Vlogs, behind the scenes things, mm. funny videos, whatever we did in in. 42 gears. No, Henning's place, yeah, there was some silly stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of like to do a, lo a lot of random stuff. But I mean, it's cool. That's uh, I think that's what a lot of people want to see is that not just the same thing, but but different things on a channel. You know, they want to kind of get to know the person as opposed to just... Yeah, real life stuff. Yeah. Real life stuff, not just, um, you know, pedal demos, which is kind of... We, we, we started now for next year, we're going to start maybe doing some more vloggy kind of stuff because I think... It's getting a bit stale what we do um, yeah. for us as it's well. Like we, yeah, we've got to entertain ourselves. As <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's a, yeah. it's, I totally feel the same way. It's like um, when I only do gear demos, which, you know, the past couple of months, it's only been gear demos, gear demos. And, and I'm like, man, I got to start doing something for myself yeah. and like coming up with fun stuff. And it's usually, I mean, at least for me, I feel that when I break out of the whole gear demo thing and I'll post like a, a lesson video or something else that's when my 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 channel really gets going and i yeah. get you know more engagement and people are interested in that as well as the gear demos yeah yeah, yeah sure. so i like to spread myself a little bit around so have you really gotten into the videography thing as more of a hobby as well as um like a tool to just get your <laughs> videos across well, according to my bank account, yes. <laughs> I know. I've, I it's was not telling a cheap somebody. Hobby, yes, it's definitely not yeah. a cheap hobby. I mean, I was I was telling somebody yesterday that I've probably spent more on video gear and lighting than I have on actual like instruments and yeah. guitars and stuff. Yeah, it's starting to get that way for me as well. <laughs> yeah. But then there's there's people that have much bigger problems like Henning, so there's... <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's why he has a staff. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, he pretty much does, yeah. Yeah, my um, my girlfriend does wedding video... Sorry, wedding photography. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I have access to her DSLRs and 5D and stuff. and Yeah. I, so I wanna... she does... Um, does, she, does she, like, give you tips and pointers on... Yeah, exposures and white balance and all that stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Does, does, does she does she mention anything I do wrong when I edit this stuff? <laughs> I, I don't think she watches them. To be honest. Oh, oh. well, that's not no dedication there. But, um, does she judge you from afar? <laughs> yeah, just throws things across her lantern. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's something I'd like to make more time for. Just for <clears throat> whether it's not even for us, just to, to make videos. It's, it's great fun. That's another yeah. creative outlet, I guess. Exactly. That's that's uh, one of the 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 things I tell people is it's just another way of me of, to be creative because I'm not an, a visual artist. I can't draw. I can't paint. No. But I can. I know how to work a camera, and I sort of know sure. about lighting and colors. And yeah. So that's kind of like another way to be creative. I guess just besides music, different tools to get to the result. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I I like even though editing videos can take me way longer than they should, <laughs> I kind of enjoy the whole process of like getting really deep into a a video edit. Yeah. Because it's kind of it's art, you know. It's, yeah, absolutely. it's a way to do art. <clears throat> hey, have you seen um Christian Henson's YouTube channel? Christian Henson. I don't He's the know. guy from Spitfire so. Audio, the the plugins and um, Okay. Like okay. Um, orchestral samples and stuff yeah okay he has his own personal vlog channel and his editing's insane it's, it's really well really done. yeah because yeah. he does christian henson like like the same monologue speech a couple of times and it'll sp split up sentences to lo different locations oh yeah 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 so That's, he'll be, he'll that be takes on a, train, a lot of planning he'll be on a plane and then he'll be on top of a mountain and it's sort of seamless it's it's really good yeah. the way he does it yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't have the patience to do that, but I've seen <laughs> I've seen people do that. I'm like, oh man, that took like three days to film like <laughs> a sentence. <Totally>. Or something. <laughs> he must he must lay out the whole like script 
Yeah, must it's too much work for me as well. Otherwise, you'd lose half your conversation. Yeah, probably. Forget about. <laughs> so, <laughs> is, is the whole life switching thing like what Henning does? Is that something that you're interested in doing ultimately, or is that not really your thing? Um, I don't know if I could do that. I'm more of like, I, I do a lot of stuff in post. Yeah. Yeah. As far as editing, um, and I like to keep my videos fairly short. Um, like I kind of have a thing where like I need to make most of my videos under 20 minutes unless it's a special type of vlog or something. Yeah. But like I'll edit it so it's it meets the 12 to 15 minute mark. We should um, start doing that. <laughs> that was about half an hour long, most of them. And they're getting longer well, too. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it really de it, it depends on the content actually. Yeah. But um, so, like I have a couple videos, like some of my tour vlogs were close to 30 minutes probably some of them so mm. you know sometimes I'll, I'll i'll keep a lot of stuff in and sometimes i'll edit a lot of stuff out um it just kind of depends on how i feel that day i guess it also depends on the content like and i've talked about this with um like songwriters and in, in my studio where it can be seven minute long song but does it feel like it's a seven minute song or does yeah. it <laughs> does it drag yeah. drag on just feel like you're staring out the window and checking your phone and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a two-minute pop pop song could also just be boring as hell. So it's vice versa, yeah. Yeah. In just fact, last when was attention. it? A couple of days ago, I played a, a an Iron Maiden tribute. Oh yeah, I saw, show. I saw that on on Instagram. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. yeah, and there was one song that I did that was 14 minutes long. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was, like, but it didn't feel. I mean, it did feel towards the end. But the way their songs are built, there's so many different sections. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. like movements, I guess, if you want to call them that way. But so it's it keeps it pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that mm. I mean, that's probably the longest single song that I've, I've ever played. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, like good arrangements don't feel long. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So Okay, so so backtracking a bit again, <laughs> we're kind of going mm -hmm. backwards and forwards. But yeah. so, uh, um, how did you get, or how does one get into the whole kind of sideman thing that you were doing, a guitar player for for? Because I mean, you you've played with some pretty high profile artists. I mean, we, I remember we were talking about you were playing with Ricky Martin, yeah, and yep. Uh, uh, you did a TV show with Stevie Wonder. I, I did I believe, yeah, Stevie Wonder and Brian McKnight. Wow. Yeah, cool. That's, I mean, so, 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 okay. So there's RJ, uh, little RJ getting piano lessons. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then with like nine <laughs> or 10 or whatever, getting into playing guitar. How, how, how do you go from there to playing, uh, you know, stadiums with Ricky Martin? Yeah, it's, it's all in who you know. Okay. But basically, <laughs> um, you know, I went to college for music with the intention of just, just being a guitar player. I don't, you know, at the time when I was in, you know, college studying music, um, it was like a, the jazz program at University of Miami in Florida. And, you know, I kind of just, I didn't really have an exact plan. I knew I just wanted to play guitar, whether it was gigging musician, studio musician, teaching. It was all kind of up in the air. So after I had graduated from college, I was basically just a gigging musician. I played at cover bands, wedding bands, um, whatever gigs I could do locally yeah. in South Florida. And, you know, when you do that a lot, you meet a lot of people, you network, and eventually your name gets tossed around and hits the right ears. And um, I started, actually my first touring gig I had was with a reggae band called Inner Circle. Oh yeah, yeah. And I got, and I got that gig um, from playing a after basketball game party <laughs> okay. uh, for the Miami Heat that I did like every week during the season. And um, one of our band members' friends was actually the drummer for Inner Circle. And he came out to the, the basketball game, checked out the gig, and the timing was right. They were actually looking for a touring guitar player. And he asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, yeah. So, um, and I can kind of, you know, I can apply that same, it's all in who you know thing to basically all of the touring gigs that I've gotten. Mm -hmm. It's okay. all kind of like word of, word of mouth 
and recommendations and uh, and meeting people um, in other situations and then like down the line, maybe a couple years later, they remember my name and, and call me. So the Ricky Martin gig I got um, because the musical director for uh, Ricky Martin and I were friends from another gig that we did together. Okay. Which was with another uh, Latin artist named Soraya. So I had met him through that gig. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all in who you know and, and meeting the right people is really how, at least how, how it happened with me. It could happen differently for other people. Um, some people will, I know like in LA, they do auditions a lot, like cattle call auditions. So sometimes you can get gigs that way. Uh, that's not my thing. I think I did one cattle call audition in <laughs> LA and I, I was like, no, I don't want to do this. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not worth it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, I guess it's a different thing for different people, but um, I think in generally, in general, all musicians should tr- strive to meet other musicians, especially if they want to become professional mm. and um, just kind of get work out of it because other people are most likely the ones that are going to give you the work. They're going to call you to do the work. Absolutely. Yeah, it kind of works like that here too. Where um, say, hey, can you do the gig? And you say, no. But here's three other guys I can recommend. Yeah. 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 So, Same here in Nashville. It happens all the time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing to do because it kind of shows you don't have like an ego that going, hey, here's some really great players. They can do the gig really well, if not better than me. And yeah. um, I'm sure you get respected through that process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to treat it as not a competition but like mm. you know you oh, yeah, befriending your fellow guitar players because they could hook you up you know yeah. you never know and vice versa and three months later they'll give your name to someone yeah exactly yeah so you I gotta mean, treat it like plus it's just a nice thing to do and, i mean personalities yeah. play yeah. a big part in this sort of stuff too isn't it i mean you don't want to you don't want to tour and play gigs with people that yeah are really annoying and you don't want to hang out with uh, dickheads oh yeah yeah so there's a thing um that I say, like, or that other people say, your talent can, can get you the gig, but it's your personality that's going to keep the gig. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. So that totally is true. Mm. Yeah, cool. So, so uh, okay. So first time you go and do a massive stadium gig with someone like Ricky Martin and that. So so how, how, do, you, how do you mentally prepare yourself for that? How do you get you go, okay, I'm going to go and play in front of a ridiculous amount of people. <laughs> um, well. Or how, like, what was your first sort of really massively big gig experience? Man, I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> it's, it sucks. It, it kind of gradually went. Bigger know, and bigger, okay. Bigger and bigger. I mean, it was a gradual thing. I was never mm. like shocked. I think with Inner Circle, depending on where we played, um, you know, in the States, we, we played like little, uh, bars, we played festivals, we played theaters, but then when we went to Brazil, we played these huge okay. stadiums. Um, so I guess with them, I started with like, um, everything from festivals to like bars on the beach to, um, to like theaters, to like small stuff. And then we would go overseas and they would be huge gigs, huge stadiums. Um, and the thing is like the bigger, the bigger the venue or the bigger the gig is, it's it's less scary, if that makes sense. Because you're further because removed from everything, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. less intimate. It's just like these people, there's so many people you can't even like focus on anything. It does. It just looks like a sea of whatever. Mm. Whereas when you're in a small venue and people are right in your face, that's where I get nervous. You can see you can see the musician standing in the back doing the hmm. Yeah. I see what he did there. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> crazy. Taking photos of your pedal board and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I still get nervous depending on uh, any gig, really. 
Like mm. if it's the first gig of a of a of a, a tour or a run, I'll be nervous. I mean, it has like it's it's part of it, isn't it? The nerves you need the nerves to it's the you need the yes. adrenaline. Um, otherwise, it just doesn't. It just yeah. It becomes stale. Yeah, and your performance and I don't know becomes if it's, stale. Yeah, I don't know if it's much as much nerves as it is just the energy. Yeah, like when you walk into an arena or whatever and there's all you know that there's a ton of people there and there's noise and, ch- and there's um screaming and everything there's just that in your face energy that kind of like elevates you and and gets you amped up and also you whereas if you're sorry. if you're like playing to like two people in a bar it's like there's no energy like play yeah, skin whatever. it man <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly but um yeah you also want to do a good job for the rest of the band too. Like you know, don't want to be the the weak link. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, I that's the other. Like, I am for me anyway. Being I am notorious for over preparing on gigs. That's good. I try <laughs> to over prepare uh, more than anybody. Yeah. Just you know, it's not because I I don't want to look like a a bad musician. It's just I don't want to feel like if I hit a ra- wrong note or just like totally forget a. A section of the song that's just like you know i'm beating myself up over that mm. sure. so i always like if i can prepare way ahead of time i will like i'll start learning songs way before other people and i'll have charts if i need it um so it's just kind of like you know the overachiever i guess <laughs> in me <laughs> that's a good good thing there so how how um, I think you, you you told me about the in, in Germany, but how did the Stevie Wonder TV show thing happen? Because I mean, for me personally, Stevie Wonder is about as yeah. god as godlike of a creature as I can possibly imagine. So well, he is he is truly like one of the most amazing musicians. Oh, I've absolutely, ever yeah, yeah. Gotten yeah. to listen to play, but that came about. Um, I was living in LA at the time. I had probably just moved there maybe like a year prior and I actually had a day job I was like doing web design so I wasn't a full-time musician living in LA and okay um I had a a weekly gig in Hollywood playing like um basically like R&B soul funk covers Mm -hmm. um, which is actually well I met Judith uh, on that same gig but um the drummer who was kind of the head of that gig uh, was the drummer for Brian McKnight. He was the musical director for Brian McKnight. And okay. I guess Brian McKnight had had announced that he was doing like a, a late night talk show type of thing with a house band. Uh, so he wanted his MD to put the band together. So I got called into to that thing. And then yeah. they announced like, oh, okay, our first guest is actually going to be Stevie Wonder. So I'm like, oh my oh, God. Wow. <laughs> so, so I think we had to learn like two or three tunes but we only played two tunes. Um, so yeah, that was, I mean, like I actually had to uh, get off work off, off my day job. I had to like <laughs> uh, request a day off of my web design gig to do this thing. <laughs> they, but they were cool. They were like, oh, okay, Stevie Wonder, yeah, you can. That's, that's uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and, and it was, um, I was kind of uh, starstruck. And a little bit nervous, as you would, yeah, I can imagine. But, um, but um, yeah, and actually, on that taping is where I met Judith, um, oh, cool. and that's where we started our friendship. And she started calling me for her gig. So I've actually known Judith since two thousand and nine, I think. Wow, okay, yeah, cool. eleven years now. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Almost the new decade. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that went fast. That's pretty amazing. Actually, it's twenty twenty next year. <laughs> Let's take, take a moment to realize. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's cool. Um, yeah, oh, Steve, I mean Stevie I Wonder. That's for me. I mean, just just meeting the man would be mm. pretty amazing for me. But uh, uh, he's yeah. probably one of my top three biggest musical influences of my life. I'd say. Yeah, he's definitely, you know. He's everything that you think of Stevie Wonder. Well, I remember this. This is one of the uh, the things I remember uh, uh, about that day was we were waiting to to film or something, and he was at the piano, and we were 
all wearing in-ear monitors so we could hear everything. And yeah. um, in between takes or whatever, he would just noodle uh, <laughs> on the piano and kind of like hum stuff. And he started noodling and he was basically playing the the key chain the the chord changes to Giant Steps by John Coltrane, which okay. is kind of a heavy heavy mm. modal jazz tune, and then coming up with with his own melody vocally okay. to it, and I mean that's like a heavy jazz yeah. modal song. It's not an easy song to, to come play up with a melody or to like it's yeah. It's an awkward <laughs> yeah awkward changes, yeah. and I was just listening to him with my my in ears, and it you know, it just sounded like. You know, he's right into the mic, so I can, it's like he's like whispering in my ear this melody. I'm like, and I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. Huh. I, I saw him live in Brisbane um, oh, quite a few years ago now. There was a, the, what was the, his last album? Um, Jeez, escapes me too. Yeah, whatever it's called. The one where he had Prince playing guitar on it. And, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and until I saw him live, I didn't actually realize how good a singer, like technically he is. Yeah, and and Mike Technique's insane. Even from the, oh, back, yeah. the back of a stadium, playing and everything. I mean, he yeah. was it was it was uh, that was an amazing show to see. That's one of those things I never thought I'd see him live. But um, did you see it? Too? Yeah, yeah, I was oh, cool. I was in yeah, right. the same show probably. That was and um, you just basically sing along for two hours. That's, that's what. And you he did. started yeah. with all blues. Yeah, oh, okay, he started remember. the night that, uh, and okay. he came out and he started playing all blues, and then I think. Bits of different members of the band started coming in and started jamming along with All Blues. Wow. It was great. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, I dig that. That's, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. now <laughs> thinking about it. That was, yeah. yeah, it was really cool. That was, um, so talking about heroes, so gu guitar playing heroes, uh, growing up, who, who were the sort of the people that you looked up to and you wanted to be? Uh, who were the, the idols for, for nine, 10 year old up, RJ? Yeah. Well, well, I always tell the story that my first idol was Marty McFly from, <laughs> back, from back to the Future. Nice. So he was kind of, he was like my, my gateway into Chuck Berry. Okay. Um, so Chuck Berry was kind of like my first guitar hero. Um, and it kind of, it went from Chuck Berry, Eric Clapton, Hendrix, um, and at the same time, I was getting into, you know, 80s metal, 80s shred stuff. So Satriani, Vi, Eddie, Ingve. Um, I don't know. I feel there's a period from like 13 to 17 where my taste in music was so everywhere. <laughs> I loved hip hop. I liked the Grateful <clears throat> Dead. I loved metal punk rock, jazz, fusion, like Pat Metheny, yeah. West Montgomery. So I was all over the place. And I kind of feel like my playing now kind of showcases all that. Well, that's that's actually one of the things I think we were talking at one stage as well, you know, but I find guys like you and guys like um, Josh Smith and people like that, you, you listen to them and... Oh, and Mark uh, Letary. Mark Letary, that's another Letary. guy, yeah. Um, and you hear all these sort of, you can hear sort of the bluesy roots. Yeah. Like, but there's all this other stuff that's coming out of it. And it's this, it's this beautiful fusion. And, and it's, I, I mean, I, I, and I'm not just brown nosing because we're talking, but I love listening to you play and your style of playing. Mm. And that's you. what I mean. Guys like Mark Letary and Josh Smith as well. And, and I put you sort of in a category with those guys because it's that combination of having some R&B funk influences, but then having blues yeah. and having jazz, having rockabilly and, having all that in and the shred stuff as well, all coming out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, too many people, especially nowadays, I think are too one thing, you know, I'm a metal guy or I'm the blues guy and they're not yeah. looking outside. And I think to me in music, that's where, that's where all the beauty comes from is, is fusing these things together. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, some people just have an eclectic taste. Yeah. Um, and I happen to be one of them. But yeah, I mean, I love it all. I mean, I can't think of one style that I really don't listen to or I can't get into. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I listen to pop. I listen to flamenco. I listen to reggae. I love reggae. Yeah. World music. Maybe polka. 
I don't know if I can get into <laughs> polka that much. <laughs> <clears throat> Henning could have introduced you to some of that stuff. In <laughs> yeah. It's from his people. Only when I'm drinking at Henning's house. I Only when you're drinking at Henning's house. No, but I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'm, I, I put myself in the same boat. Not that I'm, I'm a great guitar player, but I mean, I, I put myself in a boat with um, uh, my style. And when people ask me what kind of guitar player I am or what kind of music I like, my taste is so insanely eclectic that I never know what, I don't really know what I am and <laughs> because yeah. there's so many, because I mean, I listen to anything for, I mean, I love guys like Stevie Wonder. I love um, all that sort of, you know, R&B funk stuff, you know, guys like Larry Graham and, and Average White Band and uh, Parliament yeah. Funkadelic. I love listening to that stuff. Mm. But then I love listening to crazy noise music, you know, by guys like John Zorn and, and yeah. Mike Patton screaming his head out and, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> and, but then I also love listening to, I don't know, um, uh, Miles Davis and you know it's but it's I think that's having that open mind is what makes music interesting yeah yeah I don't know what it is like how one day I can be listening to like um cattle decapitation <laughs> have you ever heard that band <laughs> oh wow yeah there's this, there's this cra crazy metal band <clears throat> that's you pigeonhole yourself in a category when you have a band name like that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll listen to them, and then I'll listen to like um, Taylor Swift or something. It's, okay. it's crazy. Yeah, I never actually thought about it until now. But you're right. That kind of high school period, I listened to her heaps mm -hmm. of stuff too. Yeah, and it could be the the generation that we were in, like '80s and '90s or whatever. It's just like. Yeah. That was all we had. We didn't have internet or anything. No. Yeah, we had no. MTV and music was... Music shops. And I would say music was more important back then than it is now. Well, yeah. I think it was yeah. valued more back part. then than it is now as well. Yeah. I mean, now Interesting it's, debate. Now you just, you know, grab your phone and stick on Spotify and you can listen to anything you want. So it sort of devaluates the music to a certain degree. Whereas I yeah. remember when I was, when I was little and, you know, I, I still bought cassettes and records, you know, back in my days like vinyl when you there was a new album coming out it was sort of a you know i can't wait you know this is amazing and yeah. then you get this album in your hand and you know i'm talking record vinyl and you look at the artwork and you read the lyrics while you listen to the song it was a whole different experience which is Absolutely. sort of it devaluates it now a little bit this oh yeah listen to it's anything you want yeah 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 it's like you know at the because of convenience, now it's been devaluated. Yeah, sadly. Valued. Because I, I think mm. to me, to me, that the, the um, I still find the artwork of an album is almost just as important as the album. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I think I was having this conversation with my wife, but like I used to nerd out and just look at you know the album and read the liner notes and look at the <laughs> photographs and. Mm. Um, like that was my thing. Probably you have the same yeah, se uh, experience session, session where like you would just sit, and... you would sit with an album with yeah. with your headphones and just like listen to the music, but also like have the album cover yeah. in your hands and read the liner notes, look at the photos, um, and just kind of immerse yourself in just that. Whereas now it's like even now, I really only listen to music maybe like before bed. Or when I'm in the car. Car for me, that's the main part, main place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or when I'm doing something else. Like I never get to just strictly focus on listening to music, you know, yeah. as much as I want to. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And I mean, that's another place, I mean, a different thing. That's I found a lot of other music through that as well. Because for I mean I, I I'm a big fan of um, uh, I love Elvis Costello I love um, Tom Waits for example, and that's mm -hmm. how I found guys like Mark Rebo and I, we were talking at one stage about Mark Rebo because you look in the liner notes and you go guitar by Mark Rebo and the Elvis Costello song and then you listen to the Tom Waits stuff and you go oh guitar by Mark Rebo and then you same guitar player same yeah. guitar player and you go oh wow this dude I love the stuff he does and then you find other music because you start finding out what other albums he, and which that's sort of missing nowadays. Um, a little yeah. bit as well. Well, it's almost, it's kind of easier now. Sometimes like, you get it, on yeah. Spotify. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, sometimes, or sometimes you'll get on Spotify and like they'll recommend other bands or musicians to listen to. Yeah. 
and a lot of times that's how I'll discover like new bands that I had never heard of mm-hmm. um, through Spotify. True. Um, yeah. 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 And the recommendations or playlists that they have. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's that's good. Um, I don't really have an answer to this question, but I think I'm going to put out that Spotify is just the new commercial radio. Like pretty much, you'd, where you'd have the radio on the background while you're cooking or cleaning the house or whatever you're doing or in the car, but now it's just streamed rather than having crappy ads on it. It still has crappy ads. Still has crappy ads on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, that's true. And if you really want to find an album, you, you go out of, your, out of your way to find it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, still buy people's albums and records. Sure. Yeah. Um, because I find it, it's worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I absolutely buy, I buy CDs, and I, I've been getting back into buying records. I've got, you know, yeah. Because um, now I've got a, my studio space here, and I can actually listen to music without my kids scraping, yeah. scraping the needle on the records and stuff like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you need yeah. more grooves in a record. Because you need more grooves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You need, you need that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and records are cool for bands now too, because it kind of crosses the line between selling your music and, and being merch at the same time. Yeah, because it's actually, yeah, you know, yeah. it's something, I don't know, I just feel like it's something worth having, mm. you know, because we've kind of developed into like a culture where everything is digital, paperless. Yeah. We don't want to have a lot of stuff. But for me, vinyl, more than anything, is just like, it's nice to have yeah. that phys- physical piece of thing. It's a tactile thing. Um, you can touch it and it's got, you know, big pages. You look through it. Big yeah. Up, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. something. It's like a collector's item, not just. Yeah, and there's it's artwork as well. You know, some yeah. of those covers are like works of art. So yeah. you can showcase it. and um, It's mm. cool. Like, um, well, I say it's cool, but. People, some some bands are doing tapes again. Yeah, cassettes are coming back, like aren't someone, they? Yeah, yeah, someone gave me a cassette. I'm like, I can't listen to this. I don't have a cassette machine. We both of us actually just bought uh, four tracks, cassette four tracks again. Like, yes. T- what kind? T- which t- one did you get? I've got a. Um, What's that one? Tascam. I've got the Porter Studio. Porter Studio thingy too. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, hang on. You, you talk. I'll grab it. Oh sure. Yeah, because. Did you have one in high school too? I had yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I had yeah. an old Yamaha in high school. Ah, yeah, I had a well, the little blue ones, I think. Mm-hmm. I guess '98 or so. Oh yeah. This is an older one. Yeah. Oh wow. Hang on, hang on. That's a nice one. That's got the meters on it. Yeah, because UV meters has... are cool. So. <laughs> or anything with a yeah. with a VU meter on it. Oh, yeah. VU meters. Like, that's hang on. That's the wrong way around. I think. The... You've broken it. I've, I've broken myself. Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> Did you have a four the track? When you're in? I had nice. I had two four tracks. My first one was a, a. I still have them actually. They don't work, but my first one was like a really small, basic Vesta Vestax or Vestafire. Okay, is the v- brand. Vestax I think was a brand. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, super simple, and then I got oh. in high school. I got a Fostex, oh, yeah. which was. Which was really nice, but both of them, I think there's something wrong with the motor or the uh, okay. the, the cap the capistan thing. Um, but then, and this has got. I just adult, want to say this see? has got this has got um, like shoulder strap shoulder strap uh, attachments to it as well. So it's po- <laughs> it's a, it's portable and it's got on some batteries. <laughs> so it's portable. If you can find C size batteries, <laughs> can you see? Uh, oh can yeah, you see my that task cam. Oh cool, That's yeah, like, yeah, like a console one. Hey? Yeah, that's the. Uh, the thirty-eight, the three eighty-eight. That's apparently what the Black Keys recorded their first two records on. Or oh, cool! Mm-hmm. So I bought that. I haven't. I used it a couple times, but I feel like I need a whole band to record to actually get the benefit of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was interesting at at Henning's actually. I was talking to. That's sort of where my my interest in that came back. I was talking to Mika, you know, for uh, Mr. Fastfinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he was saying uh, when he records at home a lot of times he runs his guitars through um, just using the preamps on on old um, um, four tracks cassette four tracks cassette wow. four tracks and then quite often he will uh, he was saying he will record a guitar track and then run it out record it onto his four track and then back into into um, I think he uses cube 
uh, Logic or Cube, whatever he uses, his, his door, mm-hmm. um, just to get that tape compression and stuff on it. And he says he loves it and he has about 10 of them and he collects them. He collects old four tracks. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've done that once where I actually I recorded all my basic tracks on that Tascam yeah. and then I dumped it all into Logic and kind of compre- did some compression and just mastering in there. And it actually does have a, a, a really interesting saturation and compression with that tape. Yeah. But it's such a, you know, that whole process of having to, to dump it yep. from that analog console yeah. onto... It's just like it's a too process. much work. Yeah, yeah I gotta fi- if I can figure out how to streamline it, I think that would be cool. But it's uh, it's definitely a process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's uh, I don't know. It's a something that came up relatively cheap around here, and I thought we both yeah. So we yeah. both ended I, up buying one now. I got one in Tokyo for like seven hundred yen or something. Wow, what is that? Like seventy dollars or something? Like seven dollars. <laughs> seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, it was stupidly cheap. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and it's red. So, and it's red, so, yeah, so that, that makes that goes awesome. faster too. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we should bring it. I don't know. We should bring it back, or at least uh, let me know if you do a video on recording with your four track. Well, uh, we yeah. should. We should do one actually. We should. I um, I've acquired a sixteen track two inch tape machine, like a proper pro one from my studio. Oh wow. And um, I still need, I'm waiting to line up for a guy to come and like a tech to align it. Yeah. And um, I'd like to do a shootout between like digital conversions, two inch tape, and then and cassette, a cassette, cassette. four track. Yeah, that, that'd be good. That's, that'll, be, yeah. that'll be a video. That'll yeah. be a fun video to do. So. If you're, awesome. if you're in the neighborhood, come around and we'll record on the tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, we'll, ever, we'll if you ever get in a plane and fly for about 20 hours, uh, you know. Sure. <laughs> hey, anything can happen, man. <laughs> uh, so um, you're working full-time with the YouTube thing? I am. Yeah, cool. Um, this was my first f- year yeah, yeah. of doing just full-time YouTube, and it's it's been great. Um I have no desire to go back on the road anytime <laughs> soon. So. so, what else do you get up to besides making videos? Do you have do stuff around town? And uh, to tell you the truth, like it takes up so much time now. It now does. that I'm now that I went full time, it's like more work has come in, which is great. Sure. Yeah. But I kind of I'm kind of a yes man, so I've I say yes to everything. <laughs> yeah. So I load my I load myself up with work. So oh, it's yeah. it's rare that I actually have a, a an actual day off, but now that it's coming to the holidays, it's it's getting a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. On the, in my spare time, I, I I like to ride motorcycles. Oh, cool! Eat, <laughs> go eat. out to eat. <laughs> kind of a, a, a foodie. Food's good. Oh, speaking of, I'm I'm going to yeah. be in um L A for Nam. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Good I won't, told but me Alex that, will. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to hit sending up you. you. Hit up you and I know Ryan from uh, Sixty Cycle Hums in for, into uh, burritos and stuff. So we're yeah, yeah. Going to talk to oh, you guys well. about places to eat in LA. Best Mexican places in LA. Or, um, or well, there's a ton in LA, but we'll we'll be in Anaheim. Oh yeah, okay. And yeah. there's still yeah, there's still a lot of cool restaurants in Anaheim. Best Mexican place at Disneyland. <laughs> oh, is it land or world? Uh, uh, <laughs> Disney. Disney. Earth. Disneyland. Disneyland is, is it okay? okay. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll be around California for about ten days, so we're gonna do some exploring. Nice. Yeah. Is it first time there, or you've been there before? No, yeah, first time to America for us. My girlfriend. Oh wow! I, yeah, such be fun. Yeah, our president sucks, but uh, don't <laughs> he worry just about got that. impeached, he didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't <laughs> mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. We've got one of our own here, so we've got idiots here too. Yeah, I think that's a that's a worldwide phenomenon. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> idiot I think politicians. That's just, that's just the times, I guess. Everyone's got an uh, idiot uh, in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. uh, crowdfunding a sniper might be out of the question, but yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you're, going to, you're, you're going to NAM too, aren't you? Yeah. I'll be at NAM. Are you at So um, that was part I of the think question, I'm actually. only going to go two days, Thursday and Saturday, because Friday I have to do like a off-site video shoot thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. But Thursday and Saturday, I'm planning on being there. I think I go home Sunday. Cool. Um, but I get in on the that Monday. Tuesday, I got. Um, remember Dennis Shock? Yeah. From uh, from Boutique Amp Distribution. 
Yeah, he hit me up. I guess they're trying to do like a one day event thing, kind of like 42 Gear Street. So he in invited me and I guess some other people to. Oh, to, to their actual place. Yeah, to their. Like to a their big warehouse or whatever it is. Yeah. So he wants us to do like one video or something or two videos that day. Yeah, cool. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what to expect or if it's going to be up to up to the same level as 42 Gear Street, but <laughs> it'll, it'll only be, be a day. I think I just heard they, um, they're, re they're releasing the Steve Vai um, signature Synergy module at NAMM. Yeah. Which is going to be green. <laughs> I thought, didn't they come... Did they come out with that already? No, no, I think, just... I think at NAMM is the, is the official release. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember him talking about the Synergy stuff. Yeah. But maybe he was just using whatever they had. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That should be fun. Have you NAMM, if... Sorry. I mean, A, you're going to America for the first time, and then B, you're going to NAMM for the first time. I think mm. it's going to be... Shock. <laughs> quite a shock. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Make sure you get a lot of rest and drink lots of water. And wash <laughs> your hands a lot because they, they, they call it Namthrax. So. Namthrax, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Everyone gets it. Don't do what Henning does and lick guitars while you're there. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't lick Henning. That's, don't lick Henning, no. Yeah. Try not to lick Henning. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, that's a shame. I really wanted to come. I've, I've never been to Nam either. Uh, I've been to America before, but uh, never been to Nam. But um, yeah, it's just not working out this year for me with because for us this is now the summer holidays school holidays yeah so it sort of falls right in the middle of the school holidays for my kids and and i feel bad leaving my wife with with two crazy people who are getting sort of a bit stir crazy by towards the end of january uh yeah you know cabin well, fever <laughs> well there's always summer nam here in nashville which is actually getting a little bit bigger now but it's, it's not it's nowhere near as big as Anaheim, but yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot more people are coming every year to Summer Nam, so okay, it's cool. a little more accessible. I think it's in June or July or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, well, we could stay with Carl. In yeah, we've got a friend of ours lives in, in Nashville now, yeah. and he's oh, has oh, been yeah? for a couple of years, yeah. He's actually back this week, you know. Oh, is he back? Okay. Visit, yeah. okay. What's his name? Carl Wachner. He's okay. a singer-songwriter guy, uh, uh, dreadlocks, and he always wears red glasses. He plays around town, does a lot of live looping stuff. Looping stuff, yeah. Okay, I'll keep yeah. an eye on. Oh, and he was—he yeah, sure. was at the—he was the. Oh yeah. He did loop demos at the boss booth at um, Nam this year so, at Summer Nam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we could Good go and see know. him. Mm. Or we could just see him here. Or we could <laughs> see him here while he's here over Christmas. No. <laughs> One of the. Have other. you have you gotten that uh, Boss Waza headphone? Yet? No, no, they haven't sent it to us. You, you need it because you got kids. It's just, <laughs> it's so awesome. Like if you want to like not disturb somebody but still have like great guitar sounds. That's what I've got the studio perfect. for, so I can come here at night and because it's a separate oh, building. Then. It's in a shed. It's in a separate building to the house. Oh, so I can come well, out here and see, make noise, lucky. and the kids can't hear it, which is great. <laughs> That's amazing. You're lucky. Well, it's it 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 only took me uh, about almost twenty years of talking about it to actually get to the point where I have something. Uh, <laughs> it's cool yeah. though. Well, it's, it's worth not the big. Way. It's not. It's it's a it's like a double double garage size. Yeah. And and it's a little bit more than half is my studio, and the other half is a storage room, which is just behind there. So it's not a massively big thing, but it's like it's mm. it's, it's it's big enough for what I need. Unattached, yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's detached. Because so, you're you're in your basement. That's your basement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like whenever I play anything with a lot of bass or boominess, they can mm. hear it upstairs. So. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. It's comfortable. And Nashville's cool to be in? Like you got... Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've been here, what, for five... Yeah, going on five years now. Is it and, yourself uh, and a partner or family? I'm sorry? Is it yourself and a partner or family or... Yeah, yeah, my wife and okay. I moved here from, uh, we w we left LA, we moved to Chicago briefly, and then we, we came to Nashville. Yeah, right, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the, the city itself is growing so fast mm. and so big, you know, more traffic, more people, but um, it's actually, yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff happening, more more music venues are popping up now. <clears throat> okay. Um, 
So it's a great place to see live music. Um, and, you know, it's it's not just country music. There's a lot of other things happening. Well, it's, it seems Obviously, to be becoming just a music center, not just a country music center, but general music yeah. center. Because, I, I mean, I've, I, I, we know another girl, Alice. She moved there a while yeah. ago. I don't know if she's still there or not, but um, yeah. she moved there doing... As a, as a songwriter more um, yeah and she worked with a lot of other guys that live there and she has I mean nothing to do with country and but it, it seems to be and from what she was saying as well it's it becomes more and more of a just general music hub not just country music yeah hub. yeah it'll always be the capital of, of country, country music, of course but, yeah yeah but you know more people are coming here more com- like more record companies are coming here and doing non-country labels and yeah a um, lot of, you know, hip hop, R and B, rock, metal, punk, mm. um, and it's cool because a, a lot of touring bands come through here um, because it's like so central to a lot of the continental U.S. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, when I first moved here, they said like Nashville is kind of like the the starting point for a lot of touring work because it's within 10 hours of most major cities, um, at least on the East Coast and like the Midwest. Yeah. So there's a lot of markets and, sure, yeah. um, you know, that's why we have a lot of tour bus companies, a lot of production companies kind of base out of here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's kind of cool because, I mean, you know, Gibson is here, Fender is here. There's all the guitar stuff you would ever need comes through here or there's some sort of showroom. Yeah. So um, it's a great place for a guitar player. <laughs> so what 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 drove you to move to um, to Nashville? Because uh, are you originally from Florida? I'm originally from Detroit. Michigan. Oh, Detroit! Oh, yeah, Detroit. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you and Dave Friedman. That's right. That's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. And Sammy, Sammy. Barber. That's right. I watched, I watched that yeah. video. <laughs> but um, so my traveling and my where I lived started in Michigan. I went down to Miami for school and kind of stayed there and worked. Um, got sick of it, moved to LA because I wanted to just kind of do different stuff, play more rock, pop stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, LA got too expensive huh. and kind of I wasn't into the scene anymore. Same with my wife. So um, we moved to Chicago, but right when we decided to move to Chicago, I got a touring gig out of Nashville. Okay. So. We still stuck with moving to Chicago because that was our plan. So I just kind of went back and forth between Chicago and Nashville. And I kind of used that time to get more accustomed to Nashville because I really, I didn't really know anybody in Nashville. So Mm. for us to just move to a new city that we know nobody and not really know what's going on, uh, we waited a year, um, a year and a half before we decided to move to Nashville because. You know, we had spent more time here and I knew more people. So it's been great. Like, I feel really at home here, probably more than any other city I've lived in other oh, than cool. my home, my hometown. But it's it does feel like home. The musician, um, the musician community is, is awesome here just because it's, everyone seems cool. You know, when I lived in LA, it was a different kind of vibe. I felt like it was more about, um kind of your stature and your and you know more ego stuff happening in LA. More cutthroat maybe. Yeah, just you know, wasn't my thing. But mm-hmm. Nashville is just like a musician here is like just a normal person. Like it's being a musician in Nashville is like having a regular day job. <laughs> it's like a normal person. It's a, like it, yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> normal, one of those like, normal people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there exactly. was air quotation marks. The normal people, <clears throat> like a, like you know one of those normal YouTube people. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that that'll never happen. Normal YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely not normal now. Um, and us. That's, that's cool. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, I we'll mean, have to get there. Maybe next next year we'll go to. Summer name. We'll try. We'll do so. Yeah. 2021. 2021. Why not? Put it in your calendar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you can show us the best food places in um, in Nashville. Yeah. Yes. I hope you like barbecue sure. and hot chicken. 
<laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Who wouldn't? It's just fri vegan. fried chicken with hot sauce. That's all it all is. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when we go traveling, my girlfriend and I, it's, it's usually our movements around a city or something is based on where lunch and dinner is going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's the way you got to go. That's, yeah. uh, that's I'm the same way. That's how I plan out my day, really. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wake up in the morning, I'm like, what am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to have for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's with you in your live streams, you always do the, the, the lunch funds. And the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you're doing them an hour later now. That's at 1 a.m. for me now. I, that's too late. <laughs> Is it an hour? Well, maybe because the time Time change. difference maybe changed, yeah. You, like yeah. from daylight savings to not daylight savings. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Because it, it, right. it used to always work out so well. I come home at about 11 or so from a gig. And uh, yeah. I play, I've got this every Saturday night, I play at this Italian restaurant and they feed me really well at the gig, but they always give me a pizza to go home. So I come oh, home right. about 11 o'clock, sit down, eat a pizza, usually watch a football game or soccer game, as you would call it, yeah. uh, from England or, or, or Spain. And then it's sort of midnight and I kind of go, oh, I'm still not tired. And then usually RJ used to come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> but now it's 1 a.m. and I kind of go, oh, I could stay up. Yeah, but then it's, man. Goes I was, to that's funny because last last weekend I'm like, where's Gabor been? We're like, people were asking about you. Oh, really? I oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I think I said like, oh, he's probably at his gig or something. Um, but it's the other, I guess the time difference went the other way. It went the other way, yeah. So it's an hour, an hour later, yeah. So it's 1 a.m. for me now. And I used to stay up till just about 1 a.m. always. And then I used to always go, I'm tired now, I'm going to bed. But I thought... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the one other Australian guy who's always on as well, the, who's always wasted at some party or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, what's From his name? Sydney, whatever his name is. Is it <laughs> really? Matt Dillahunt or something? Yeah, or, something like that. I don't know. One of the... Yeah, he's always like the first person on yeah i guess he was yeah he was always on and he oh, yeah. was from sydney and he was always uh oh, i'm just i'm at a party man or i just got home from a party man or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he'll stay up past 1 a.m i yeah, guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um that's King. hilarious well i'll try to uh <laughs> no i, I mean, might do, do i might do an do. additional like midweek live stream maybe maybe around this time or something i don't know yeah. Lunch, yeah, yeah, almost, well, 11 a.m. for me, yeah. <laughs> That's <Okay>. perfect. <laughs> there we go. Um, cool, man. So, uh, uh, well, I guess we've gone we've gone for about an hour. So um, thank you so much for being on the podcast, RJ. And yeah. where can people find out more about you and uh, uh, what are some social media outlets uh, where people can find your <laughs> outlets? outlets? <laughs> just, <Dad. laughs> just Google RJ, <laughs> Ron Keel. Um, my, I'm usually on YouTube and Instagram only. That's the most. Okay. I don't use any other stuff. So my my Instagram handle is RJ underscore uh, Ron Kilio, R O N Q U I L L O. I'll put links and, in the description. Um, yeah, I just tell people just Google. Just I, I usually <laughs> pop up somewhere in there. <laughs> well, same with us. There was go. How do you spell the name and how do you write the super fun? Also, yeah, maybe yeah, don't yeah. show. And I go just write super fun, awesome, one word. You'll find us. There is a hot sauce. There is. Yep. Okay. Called the super fun, awesome hot sauce. Yep. Uh, which is hot not sauce. us. <laughs> okay. Which is our, our extra special videos. Our extra special videos. <laughs> No, but there's there's that and us, so you'll find us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Easy to find. Good to know. But Good I'll put all know. the links to to everything um, with you below. And so what's what's coming up in a in a near future with you? Is there any any um, any exciting new things happening in a um, Christmas? Work, work, work. Basically, I think I'm kind of for 2020. I would love to, and I'm not making any promises. I'd love to put out a record, a blues album. Okay. Of instrumentals at some point, uh, recorded here in Nashville, and then I'd also like to put out another course, um, kind of teaching the way I approach playing the blues, or, okay. you know, my my style basically. So those are kind of like the big things I'm planning, but I'm not totally gung ho on it yet, just because I have to figure out what my normal workload is going to be and make time for it so those are kind of my, that's wishful thinking wishful, okay. i'd like to see it i'd <laughs> sure. like to see it happen next that's year that's great that's cool that's cool man well um yeah. thank you so much once again for being on the podcast rj and and uh, um was was absolutely awesome meeting you yeah. at, at henning's place earlier in the year and and thank you so much for being um for switching as well <laughs> Yeah. There's one more Ryan Cam video coming out, which was still, I think, the funniest thing I've ever been involved with. 
Awesome. Uh, I can't. That was fun, man. The Rhine came thing. I, yeah, that was. He was great. The faces he made were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. and we should also mention for the podcast. So, um, um, what uh, when you're listening to this, whatever it is you're looking at while you're listening to the podcast, take a photo of it. You don't have to be in the in the photo. Uh, it can be just if you're sitting on a bus, if you're on a plane, if you're uh, I don't know flying a plane, if you're whatever it is, if you're if you're parachuting down from a plane, <laughs> whatever it is you're looking at while you're listening to this podcast. Uh, take a photo of it um, and send it to us. Either uh, email it to superfunawesomehappytime at gmail.com or go to social media and, and, and post it to us. And we'd love to see you know and hear from all the people that are listening to this. So um, thank you very much, RJ. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thank thanks you. for making and time. Thank uh, you, guys. I appreciate oh, that. You are, you are our 80th episode of uh, the podcast. <laughs> Woo, eight's my favorite number. Well, there you go. Episode <laughs> 80. You're just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks, man. See you.